Well, after all the offseason changes for the Nashville Predators today, we asked the question, how much closer are they actually to a Stanley Cup run? Today, we're comparing their roster to the Athletics Stanley Cup checklist. It's the checklist they think every team needs to have to have a good run at a Stanley Cup. We'll see how the Predators fit in compared to some of the other teams around the NHL. That's coming up today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked on Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Lockdown Predators your first listen of the day, every single day. I'm Nick Morgan. I'm a writer and editor on thefourcheck.com, and I have a partner in crime. You do. I am Ann Kimmel, and I cover the Predators for a website that will be launched this week. Exciting stuff. I cannot wait for that little tidbit announcement to come out. It sounds like exciting stuff. Yeah. You're just going to be super coy about that. And I mean, yes, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I was hoping for something other than just, yeah. Woo. Yeah. Good? That's, that's better. That's, okay. that's somebody it's who's Monday talking. morning enthusiasm level folks. Yeah. Like it takes us till about mid Wednesday to ramp it fully up, but yes, super exciting. That's like that one girl who's like having a really bad week and it's like stuck on the, pedal tavern with the rest oh. with the rest of the bachelorette group and just can't get into it yeah that's sort of a picture of me in general <laughs> i mean touche touche on that one yeah um hey let's talk some hockey that'll that'll boost our spirits on a monday morning well, um, i mean yeah it okay. could be worse for us we could be coyotes fans um <laughs> Ouch. Sorry, everybody. Um, so, yeah. So, if, if you read The Athletic, they put out something called, like, the Stanley Cup Checklist. And this is something they created a while back. And it's basically kind of a list of what every team should have uh, to be really, really good at a standard, like, have a good chance at winning mm-hmm. Stanley Cup. So, you know, if you look at what the Colorado Avalanche last year and you go through their thing and it's, like, basically, like, 98% of the checklist was checked. Yes. So it, it, yeah. Yeah. Basically the concept is, um, you know, basically every team that has this, you know, the better players you have in those spots, the better chance you have at a Stanley Cup final. Yeah. It's uh, a hockey recipe. It is a hockey recipe. So like here, here's what the athletic has. Um, and they, they have 12 of these. So kind of run through it quickly with me. Uh, elite center, elite winger, elite defenseman, elite goalie, top line center, top line winger, top line winger, number one defenseman, top six forward, top six forward, and then two top fair defensemen. Um, and the caveat for this is all of these 12 players have to be a different player. So Which you makes it a totally different exercise. Yeah, so you can't be like, well, Roman Yossi is your elite defenseman. He's also your number one defenseman. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like the entire um, 
Um, I guess the the entire point of this is that like they're supposed to like you're you're basically like supposed to have an elite defenseman and then also like a quality number one defenseman. You're basically supposed to have an elite center, but then like another like top line quality center on your second line, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, so it it shows the depth that you've got to have if you're going to put together a team like the Colorado Avalanche from last year. Because looking at theirs, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So let's like, first off, let's define which Preds are where on this. And mm-hmm. um, because the first one's a little tricky. The first one, Elite yes. Center, um, you know, for Colorado is Nathan McKinnon, obviously. For the Preds, like, that, I I mean, is is that Mikhail Granlin? Is he the elite center? I struggled with this. I struggled with this um, because or, or Matt Duchesne count since he's but, the center. But I play. wondered about that. Like, hey, where do where do these two land? I feel like Matt Duchesne matches up better in that role. But if you really look at the way that, that the top line played, Mikhail Granlin centered that line a majority of the time. Yeah. But, you know, then you look at comparing statistics of Mikhail Granlin with Nathan McKinnon and you really want to just put Matt Duchesne in there. So it's not quite so, yeah, so uh, far apart. But for me, I settled on Mikhail Granlin just because I felt like practically speaking, that was the role that he filled. I mean, but that that's also like, I mean, they feel like that kind of leaves the Preds at a disadvantage compared to some of these other teams because I like Mikel Granlin. I think he's one of Love him. underrated players on the team compared to like a Nathan McKinnon. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's like already starting the Preds on a bad note. If it was Matt Duchesne, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. I would agree. So you get to the next one, and the next one is elite winger. Obviously, that's Philip Forsberg. Yes. If you're the Nashville Predators. Um, but, you know, if, if it's Granlin and Forsberg, there's, you know, maybe something different. If it's Duchesne and Forsberg, that's a pretty good top two. Yeah. It, it looks uh, – it weighs differently if you have Duchesne as the top line set or as you have Duchesne as the elite center, it just weighs a little differently, statistically speaking, and just um, offensive punch, all of that kind of stuff. It weighs differently. Duchesne and Forsberg are huge. They're a huge duo. They are an elite duo in the NHL. Mikhail Granlin, and I agree with you, one of the best players on the roster, quietly one of the most important players on the roster, but is he – elite yeah Eh. well and there's there's more to this that like maybe you put mikhail grantland into but Mm -hmm. you know i I think like let's look at it just from having forwards and if the predators have two elite forwards that keeps them at least on track now are forsberg and duchene as good as nathan mckinnon and miko rantanen mckinnon maybe not rantanen yeah i mean that's Mm -hmm comparable at least to you know what philip forsberg did this year so yes yeah both of them had more goals than ranton in this season so i do feel like you know they match up well there nathan mckinnon kind of a little bit different beast but i also wonder you know as we're talking about forsberg and duchene do you feel like they're both going to have seasons similar to the season that they had last year 
well, they don't have a choice. Because if they don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where if they don't, then the Preds are in absolutely serious trouble, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's going to be the million-dollar question throughout the season is, look, you know, Matt Duchesne, now he's had seasons, you know, not as good before, mm-hmm. but definitely like high mark. Um, you know, Phil Forsberg, this is the first time he kind of reached that elite tier. Like he was always a very, very solid player for all those years. But this is the first year he's really kind of been in that NHL category of right. he's a, you know, top 10 winger in this league. Um, can he keep that up or is it just last year? You know, right. that's, that to me is going to be the million dollar question for the Nashville Predators this year. Um, because they need that to happen. What's interesting to me is I feel like if you polled the fan base, the fan base would say it is more likely that Philip Forsberg would repeat this season than I think Matt Duchesne. And I don't think that has to do with skill. I think that has to do with how this fan base operates when it comes to Matt Duchesne. Because regardless of how excellent the season was last season, I think he is still the question mark out of the two of them if you polled the Predators fan base, which I think is super interesting. Yeah, there's there's probably some bias and other stuff going on there, but you mm-hmm. know, it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. Now, here, now here, here's one that, you know, is not going to be a question. That's elite mm-hmm. defenseman. Obviously, yes. Roman Yossi is in that category. Um, you know, for, for all the talk about you know, oh, he's just one tone, you know, oh, he lost some Norse points because he's, you know, doesn't play defense. We've seen him play defense. I mean, come we on. know, we know yeah. he's a top defenseman in this league. Uh, yes. NHL Network in their, excuse me, NHL Network in their countdown put him as the number three best defenseman in the league right now, um, which. Who was ahead of him besides Kale McCarr? Victor Hedman. Yeah, we can. I mean, I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to have a big argument about that. Um, maybe. I mean, maybe, I would, but okay. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I mean, and, but that's the thing for Nashville is Roman Yossi as your like you have him as an elite defenseman. That puts him, or that puts the Predators in a better spot in that category than every other team in the NHL besides Kale McCarr. Yes. And, you know, even there could be some debate about that, you know, like I'm sure there's going to be lots of comments to that comment, but Mm. you know what? They're, they're two of the best defensemen in the Western conference right now. And so having him there, you know, the Preds have a leg up, like they have a defenseman that can win a playoff series. Yes. And that can like completely take over series. Yes. There's not a team in the NHL with the exception of Colorado that wouldn't give their firstborn for Roman Yossi on their roster. I think, you know, a hundred percent elite defensemen across the league. You're not going to find anybody who wouldn't want Roman Yossi. Um, and then the, the like the less of the elite categories was elite goaltender. Mm-hmm. You know, you I would put UC Saros in there, I right? Would. Like, would you call UC mm-hmm. Saros elite? 
I would call it, yes, I would call him elite. I mean, Vesna, Vesna finalist, I feel like statistically he had a really strong season. I feel like he is clutch when he needs to be clutch. I think that there is kind of a, a non-statistical intangible that makes a goaltender elite. And I feel like UC Saros has that. I feel like he's, I feel like he is very good. He is what the Predators have to have. Look, if, if um, Colorado can win with Darcy Kemper in net, then yes, UC Saros is elite. He is plenty elite enough. Thank you. Yeah. And Colorado is built differently than Nashville, you know. Very Colorado true. Is built to sustain despite their goaltending. Correct. Nashville is one of those teams that, you know, will get to the promised land on the back of with yeah for yeah. sure and so yeah. that's where you see sorrows comes in hand because he's the guy that can steal a series you know he's mm -hmm. the guy um that will you know turn things around and you know if the predators are doing bad he can step up and be the guy that's like okay well we are going to yeah <laughs> we're, we're gonna flip this series on this head because i'm gonna make a 36 save performance and despite being outplayed and outshot we're gonna win this game i'm gonna keep you in it yeah for sure and so yeah so i put i think that puts him in a better category like is he the best goaltender in the western conference i mean is, is there I, another goaltender that just stands out as being like overtly better than uc saros no I, I mean, really, I don't, and objectively, I don't feel like there is. I agree with you. Colorado may not need one like Nashville does, but if you're looking at just goaltending skills, I think UC Saros is probably the best in, best in the West, baby. Make it a T-shirt. Based on his play from the last two years, I mean, I can't think of anybody, like, overtly mm -mm. better. I mean, maybe, mm -mm. like, Jacob Markstrom's in that category because he had uh, statistically a, a slightly better season in terms of like wins and like shutouts and stuff like that. But no, I would, I would argue UC Saros is kind of the best goaltender in the Western conference right now. Yep. So you have, yeah. I mean, so already as we're about to hit our first break on this, you have an elite defenseman who's better than everybody in the West, except maybe one you have maybe the best goaltender in the West so right there, the Predators are looking pretty good. So how will they look when we start going through these other teams and looking at, you know, where who's the top line center and all that? So let's get into that in just a second. But first, um, I want to take a second and talk to you guys about driving stoned. Um, it is a big time. Marijuana is becoming uh, more socially acceptable in the society. And whether or not you think that's a good thing or not, just make sure that when you do it, you do not drive stoned. Uh, you can wind up driving below the speed limit because, you know, hey, no big deal, right? Uh, but the truth is your reaction times slow down way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Uh, so stop kidding yourself. It is never okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. Have somebody drive for you. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. All right, and so we're going through the rest of this checklist. Um, and the, the next one on this list is top line center, top line winger, and then another top line winger. Yes. Uh, so we've already, you know, like let's say Mikhail Granlin, because he's actually playing center, is your mm -hmm. elite center. 
Um, your top line center would be, you know, Ryan Johansson, which that's pretty good. That's, you know, a number one quality yeah. center playing on your second line. And then top line winger, if that's Matt Duchesne. You're doing, you're looking well, real well, good. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, that's probably, you know, one of the best in that category. Yes. Um, throughout the West. So, yeah. yeah. This is a good this is a good start out of the gate for the top line section portion of our program. You know, Ryan Johansson, you know, he had a really good season last year, but I think that it's a little bit hard also to gauge based on last season because he really didn't have a lot to work with because most of the time he was centering Ellie Tolvanen and Luke Cunnan, and we know that they both struggled. So I think if he can perform really well, we're going to see a kind of a next level with him, especially because, you know, the Predators have brought in Dino Niederreiter, and I feel like that's going to be kind of a good match. But I do feel like Ryan Johansson has the potential to be top line center material. The one thing, and I'm curious what your take is on it, if this is just sort of a leftover from the 2017 2018 kind of thing is just this vibe that Ryan Johansson plays better in the postseason and then in the regular season that he just isn't he isn't the same Ryan Johansson regular season but when it comes to postseason it just kicks in do you think that's still true of Ryan Johansson or do you think that's just leftover vibe I mean it, he wasn't spectacular this past postseason, so yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it, it was a rough. He does have experience, I guess, being sort of the go-to playoff guy. I guess, sure. It's been a little while. Yeah, it's been I a mean, little while. I mean, maybe if the Predators make a deep run and Brian Johansson starts being like front and center of that deep run, then you know. Yeah. yeah, like maybe that, but you know, hey, I mean, let's let's focus on the fact that he at least had a big bounce back year he last did. year, and you know that I think is kind of what goes under the radar here a little bit um, is that you know sort of in the loss in the shuffle of you know Philip Forsberg having a big year and Matt Duchesne mm-hmm. having a big year and Roman Yossi doing what he did sort of lost in the shuffle of that was that Ryan Johansson had a very, very good season, you know, three points, uh, his second most ever as a predator, 26 goals, the most goals he's scored since 2015. Um, And yeah, Hey, 11 power play goals. Yes. You know, a pretty decent amount of power play goals. So, you know, you're looking at this team and yeah, Ryan Johansson is having a backup year. And if he's kind of like, your second line center, that's pretty good. That's not too shabby. That's exactly what you want. Like that's exactly the quality you want from the guy playing on your second line. Like Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be like blow anybody away, but he is the guy who is, you know, putting a decent level of second line production in there. Yeah. He's a great playmaker. I I love, you know, like you said, he had 26 goals this season. So, you know, he was offensively productive himself, but he's such a great playmaker. And it's going to be very interesting to me to watch this coming season, because like I said, you've got Nino Niederreiter coming in. 
We'll see what they do with that other second line slot. But, you know, Ryan Johansson had a really good season with line mates who, God love them, did not have really good seasons. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Ryan Johansson's game with, you know, Nino Niederreiter and whether it's Phil Tomasino, whether it's Tanner Janot, whether whoever it is that they put on that second line, if Ellie Tolvanen receives, you know, a dispensation, I don't know. But I think it's going to be really interesting. He is one of the players whose season I think is going to be the most interesting because he performed very well under maybe not so ideal circumstances last season. So it's going to be great to see kind of what he can do. I'm hopeful for Ryan Johansson this season. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, everybody kind of craps on that second line, but then you put Ryan Johansson on that first power play unit, and he capitalized off everything yes. else. He played great. Like, yes. he was setting up plays. He was finishing plays. Uh, and so that goes to show you, it's like, okay, maybe maybe the second line changes things up a little bit, and we're seeing some of that Ryan Johansson product with other, like, better players than he had as his line mates last year um, mm -hmm. because, you know, you don't want your two second line wingers to combine for 40 points. You know, you want your second line winger to have at Good. least, you want them to have at least 40 points apiece, not 40 points combined. Yes. So yeah. maybe, maybe that'll change this. Yeah. Um, here's, here's the biggest to me and question mark on this entire list. Mm -hmm. uh, the other top line winger. Now they're saying this is a guy who um, could be like a number one winger on most NHL teams, but is, you know, playing on the second line mm -hmm. here. Um, Nino Niederreiter. Yeah. Well, better. Now that is a big upgrade from either Luke Cunnan or Ellie Tolvanen. For sure. Um, but is it, is it enough? Like, yeah. for, for instance, the, the one on this list is Val Nishushkin, who had a big 60-point season, is yeah. is having Nino Niederreiter, who is a very good player, mm -hmm. um, but is, is kind of a 45-point guy. Is that going to be enough for the Predators to compete against some of these other teams? Yeah, and I think that's a huge question. 100%, this is an upgrade on the second line. So the Predators have improved. They've gotten better bringing Nino in, 100%. What happens now is such a question mark because, again, who is going to also be on that line? I think Ryan Johansson with Nino is going to be a good combination for both of them. I think they play very similar. So I think that could be good. But when you look at just numbers if you look at statistics if you look at impact even on on games is Nino Niederreiter the same as a Valerie Natrushkin who I really wanted in Nashville FYI um golly you know I think and I will say this not just for the Nashville Predators but I think across the league this is probably the spot that I think is the most difficult to fill to have that much talent in your forward lines, I think is really tricky. I don't think a ton of teams have two uh, top line wingers that play on their second line. And I yeah. think that's part of what made Colorado so magical is that they had that kind of elite depth. And I don't think a lot of teams do. 
are the predators better? Yeah, they're better. Are they going to be able to, um, are they going to be able to sort of hit that Colorado next level with Nino? Yeah. It, it feels like if the predators really want to be strong contenders, there probably needs to be one more move. Yes. I think that's what people were kind of hoping would happen mm-hmm. at some point. Now, look, it doesn't like doesn't have to be Phil Kessel. It could have been. It could have been. But I think <laughs> I think like, you know, you look at the trade market and some of the people that are going to be available. You know, if the Preds are in a pretty good spot at the trade deadline, you would think that would be their priority mm-hmm. somewhere is to get one more high, like quality scoring yes. wing who can play on your second line. Um, you know, it depends on who that big swing is going to be. Obviously, JT Miller is going to be the prize at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vancouver is kind of, I don't know if they've officially pulled him off the market, but they said we're more likely to trade him at the deadline. I don't know if that was just posturing to, you know, make a team really put out a good offer out there. Um, but, you know, it's that's somebody the Predators should probably be in on. Yes, yeah, for that, sure. That's kind of, yeah. I mean, that that's kind of the sore spot for me is it feel like Nino Niner Rider, big upgrade, I think fits in great on that line. I think he and yes. Ryan Hanson are going to have a big season together. Um, but is it enough to take down like the Colorado Avalanche? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that, that's going to be the point that I think we it's a big question. Really put in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so coming up, we're going to talk about defensemen, which is a little bit more a little bit more pleasant than maybe talking about two first line wingers for the Nashville Predators, for sure. Um, But we want to thank you for making Locked on Preds your first listen every day. If you are curious about how some of the other teams in the NHL stack up on this checklist, you're going to want to check out Locked on NHL, where you have Locked on experts from across the league coming on to give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world, including trades, how these teams are looking going into the season, who really does have an elite center. All that you can find on Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. So another thing on this list real quick is number one defenseman. So you have your defenseman. This is like you're also supposed to have a defenseman that, that can basically be a number one defenseman. Um, on most any other NHL team. Yes. Uh, you know, Colorado, they're listed as Devontae's, who had a very, very underratedly good year, underrated yes. almost just because he was playing with next to Kale McCarr. Um, you know, for the Predators, is is that Matias Ekholm still? Yeah, I think so. I really do think so. Uh, I don't know that he necessarily had the standout season last season that he had the season prior where he was kind of the it guy when it came to uh, the trade deadline where everybody kind of wanted to take a look and take a swing at maybe Matias Ekholm. He was kind of the big fish. But I do think that Matias Ekholm could, you know, he is, you know, a, a number one defenseman for a lot of teams. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it's so difficult because when you have Roman Yossi and you kind of compare him to Matias Ekholm, it's like 
apples and oranges. They're they're two very different defensemen in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's very hard to judge Matt Duchesne, or um, Matt Duchesne, Jesus, uh, Matthias <laughs> Eckholm too. Yes, um, because it's like you know, you know, if you look at it, not this past season, but the season before, I would argue he was the best defenseman on the team that year. Mm-hmm. In, yes, in the, in the like the very shortened 2021 season, um, and then you look at the season before where he was kind of having issues with his defensive partner and you look at that and you say huh this is this is kind of a step back and you look at last year like last year um i, I would say it was very inconsistent but when matthias ekholm was on he was you know one of the best defensemen on the nashville predators and a very very good defenseman in the western conference played a lot of minutes um made a lot of big plays mm-hmm. you know if he's if he's consistent, then the answer is yes. He's very good and very good enough to to be you know the number one defenseman, kind of playing um, a different top four role. Yes, if I would agree with that. But it's tricky, and I think it's tricky too with defensemen because it's a pairing. Like you know, you kind of you know, no matter how great you are, you how goes your partner? Sort of that's a little bit how goes your game. So it's a little bit trickier, I think, with defensemen to just to gauge that. And I think that'll be better this year yes. uh, as we go into some of these other things. Okay, so uh, they have two other top six forwards. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of more curious. You know, th- this is where maybe the depth starts to hurt a little bit. Um, because you, you naturally would want to put your other top six forward in there. Right now, we don't know who that is. Right. <laughs> bless you. Thank bless you. you. And bless the Predators. Yes, and bless the Predators. Uh, right the predators. now, we don't know who that other top six forward is going to be. Uh, if it's Ellie Tolvanen, um, may, maybe there's a problem there. If it's Phil Tomasino, you know, interesting. Maybe, maybe that's interesting, but you know, that maybe they promote some guy I think would be in that category no matter what. And that's Tanner Janot. Agreed. Uh, Tanner Janot, I think is definitely kind of fits that build as, you know, sort of a, you know, guy that can maybe just, just middle six, middle mm-hmm. six is kind of how I would describe that is he can be on the second line and be fine, be on the third line and be fine. Um, and that's, you know, that's pretty quality. Like I think if, yes, He's kind of your guy you rely on to fill in, you know, a, a decent chunk of the depth scoring phenomenon. Then I think the Predators are in pretty good shape with that. Now, um, we're going to have to, you know, for all the questions about whether Duchesne and Forsberg can repeat their seasons, that's another conversation right there is container Janot repeat his season, um, especially because, you know, down the stretch, not as hot as, you know, yes. he was in the beginning of the season. Uh, but that other top six forward role, and like that's that is going to be a, a big, big question mark. That's a huge question mark. And I agree with you. I think Tanner Janot definitely fits into this based on how he performed overall last season. Hopefully he will 
pick up this season maybe at a different place than he ended last season. Uh, but yes, that other top six forward, is it Philip Tomasino? Look, here's what I think. It could be Phil Tomasino in March or April of this season. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be Phil Tomasino in November and December of the season? I don't know. Yeah. It's a huge question mark. And I think that may be the area that is the hitch and the giddy up for the National Predators this season is where are you going to get the rest of your scoring in that sort of top six forward role? Where's it going to come from? Hopefully it can come from Phil Tomasino or, you know, Ellie Tolvin and come on, we believe in you. You can do it. Yeah. If he has a backup or bounce back year, it's just, Ooh, I I have question marks about how John Hines kind of sees him fitting in long-term. I mean, there's very much an Arvidsson vibe. Where it's it just like, is. like you can kind of tell that, um, you know, maybe maybe this isn't the right fit, but we'll see. Like we we will definitely have to see. Um, and then the last two entries on this list are two top pair defensemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are you know guys that play on you know our, our depth guys, but could play on the top pair in most, you know, NHL teams. And honestly, I think there's three players that could kind of fit the mold for the Nashville Predators. Uh, We have Ryan McDonough, who obviously has been a number one defenseman before, a very good number one defenseman. We have Alexander Carrier, who is, you know, one of the most up and, you know, underrated defenseman in the NHL this year. Um, I think he can, you know, maybe be a 40 point player this year, depending on who he plays with. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you know what, for, for all the stuff people say about Dante Fabro, this is a, this is a guy who I think is becoming a very, very, very good piece for the Nashville Predators. He's not the two way piece that everybody thought the Preds were going to get when they drafted him. Mm -hmm. But I think he, is somebody that can kind of be on, you know, a top pair, a second player as like a counterpoint to somebody like Roman Yossi, where Roman Yossi is going in and kind of being the, you know, the playmaker, the mm-hmm. setup guy. And um, he, you know, Dante Fabro is the guy that hangs back and kind of yes. there's the actual defensive responsibilities. No, I agree with that. I think Dante Fabro, I, he had a couple rough spots this past season, but I agree with you. I think if you're looking for a traditional stay-at-home defenseman, uh, when you're looking at, you know, pairing them with somebody like Roman Yossi or, you know, even Alexander Carrier, I think, can be a little Yossi-esque, you know, like a little Yossi Jr. when it comes to getting down and getting involved in the play and and having a little bit more of an offensive zhuzh to his game. Dante Fabro is a really great pair or a really great partner for somebody like that. And he he is another player whose season I think is going to be really important to the Predators. You know, it's not all going to fall on Forsberg and Duchesne. I think players like Dante Fabro are going to be really important. How he performs this season is going to steer the Predatorship, I think, almost as much as some of these bigger name players. So yeah, I think Fabro, you know, for being as young of a player as he is i think he's got a tremendous upside defensively yeah and i think when you look at you know the predators top four defensemen in this case top mm-hmm. five i'm happy with it right like that's so that's much better five 
Yeah. So the I think the defense have, has made such a huge improvement going into this coming season. And, and I think that that definitely helps the Predators get closer to being a deep Stanley Cup run team. Now, will all the other pieces fall together? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, and that's the million-dollar question is this combination, like this checklist, the Predators do check a lot of boxes. How many boxes do they compare or, you know, are checked off compared to some of the other NHL teams? Um, I would, you know, Colorado by far is the one team that's better than them. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you look at a team like Edmonton who has probably checks, like check marks boxed off. That wasn't – Boxes checked off. Boxes checked off. Got you. With Boulder Inc. Because, you know, yeah, (laughs) you have Connor McDavid and you have Leon Dreisaitl there. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, do they have more of the depth boxes checked off than Nashville? I would argue probably probably not, or at least at this point, until some other players step up. Um, And I'm I'm looking around. Calgary may be the only team that would have more boxes checked right now. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Louis maybe, but you know, the, the rest of them, it, it seems wide open. Like it seems like it this does. is a very wide open thing. Yeah. And if you look at how, uh, Colorado fit in this checklist system last season, it's lightning in a bottle to really be able to go down this checklist and say, we've got all of these components. It is lightning in a bottle. It is, we have brought in somebody who maybe has underperformed and all of a sudden they're in a situation where they are performing at the top of their game. This is lightning in a bottle. So it's not an easy checklist to hit everything on. I think Colorado did it last season. I think the Predators are in an okay position if you go down the checklist. No. It's not, it's not horrible. It's not horrible. And we'll have to no. see, um, yeah, where, uh, where they, where, where it they all play. shakes out. Yeah. Well, that's going to be the million dollar question. We'll have to wait and see how that turns out. All right. And where can the people find your work? You can find me online on Twitter at Ann K underscore mama on ice. I'm Nick Morgan. You can find me at onthefourcheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NS Morgan. While you're there, follow the show at LO underscore Predators. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to drop a like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. That's going to do it for us today on the Lockdown Predators podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We will be back with all new episodes starting Wednesday.